This podcast is proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry. Hi, I'm Gordon Muller. I'm the guru in the Doc and Guru podcast. Thanks for being with us. For those of you who don't know me, I've spent over 40 years in the media industry in South Africa and uh, pretty much made it my home, my life, my passion. I have other passions, unfortunately, for my sins. I'm an Arsenal supporter and a Shark supporter, so we're going to do pretty much everything on the show as it pertains to media, marketing and money, but we don't take jokes about Arsenal or the Sharks. I'm Doug Mateus, uh, the doc on the show. Uh, and again, for those of you who don't know me, I've I spent 30 years in, in uh, various companies in South Africa uh, running uh, different marketing functions. And the last job I had, I was privileged in, uh, enough to work with a team that took uh, the brand to the fastest growing brand in South Africa in 2018 with a 47% year-on-year growth. So that was a, a great achievement uh, for the team and, and, and I'm really proud of that. Uh, from a personal point of view, I do a little bit of cycling uh, and also snow skiing. So we quite enjoy that. But again, uh, today's discussion is around all things marketing and media. Yep, that's right, Doc. All things marketing and media. No subject too big, no topic too small, no subject too hot to handle please get in touch with us on our facebook page follow us like us whatever it takes we would love you to be involved with the show and uh, we really want to make it as inclusive and as energetic as i know this industry is capable of hey gordon how's it going Hey, Doc. Uh, good to be back and uh, back in the saddle. I'm looking forward to uh, another couple. We've got a couple of really good interviews coming up this week, starting today and uh, in the coming weeks. Some really interesting stuff. I think it's, I think it's spring. You know, everything's woken up. Uh, incidents, topics, marketers, advertisers, agencies. There's just a lot to talk about at, at the moment. So yeah, another good week. We're ready to rock and roll. Yeah, Gordon, as you say, you know, we have got some, and we have had some really great guests through the last two years, and we've got a, a good few lined up, and I guess it's appropriate sometimes in cricketing terms, you know, we're in the nervous 90s now, could you believe it? You know, we're heading towards our 100th episode in a, in a few, but uh, so to, we, we're going to welcome on somebody ex-Cricket South Africa, hence my, my reference to the nervous 90s, and hopefully, you know, we're not going to be too nervy, and we're going to play straight, and, and we're going to get to a ton. So, uh, first up, Gordon, yeah, we've got a great guest, Lerato Malakutu. Lerato, thanks very much for joining with us today. You uh, run your own show, PR and Communications, and we're going to talk a little bit about that because part of the theme that Gordon and I like to, I guess, give back via our guests are life lessons, career lessons, uh, you know, a young person's lesson. And for somebody listening out there, they want to go their own way uh the pitfalls, the lessons, the good and the bad. But I think before we get to where you are today, let's just take a step back. You had almost a 10 years, you're short of a 10-year wonderful career at Cricket South Africa. Now today, there have been ups and downs. We'll talk about that. But I mean, let's talk about your experience, media manager uh, with the team for almost 10 years. Take us through that journey and tell us about some of the highlights and the fantastic time that you had with, with Cricket South Africa. For sure. Gee, thanks, gentlemen. Uh, thanks for the intro. Nervous 90s, please didn't go for the quick single. <laughs> wait it out, wait it out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've actually, it was more than 10 years, but um, 
if you want to shave off some years of my age, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, I, I spent, um, yeah, just over 10 years with, with the Proteas um, as the media manager. I actually, you know, got into that role in a pit by chance, really, because I wanted to be a sports journalist. I wanted to be a cricket journalist. I wanted to travel the world, write about the sports and, and get to watch cricket, which has always been a, a favorite sport of mine. So getting in there was really a dream come true. You know, you, you, you read about everything, you see things on TV, but to actually be in the action was, was yeah, it was, it was, it was a life, it was one of those once in a lifetime experiences. And for it to go on for 10 years, I don't know where the time went, you know, um, ups and downs. And I guess with sport, you know, no day is the same. So I guess that's what keeps you on your toes because you're not going to do the same thing every day. And before I knew it, it was 10 years down the line. I was tired of all the World Cup hard breaks and I thought, okay, you know what, it's time for a change. But yeah, it was a great experience. Yeah, that's wonderful. I mean, I just, you know, looking at, at, at your career, I mean, you traveled to most of the first year cricket playing countries. And I'm just looking through RCC Champions Trophy in the UK and, and two World Cups, one in Australia and New Zealand as a combo and uh, the other World Cup in Sri Lanka and then the T20 World Cups in India and Bangladesh. So am I right in saying, did you ever get to Pakistan or were you not we weren't playing at home then and the West Indies, did you ever get to the Windies? We well, got to the West Indies. That was that was fun. It was actually it was one of those tours where it was post the World Cup disappointment. So the team is rebuilding. It's not that serious. It was a triangular with Australia, so it was a lot of fun. But I didn't get to Pakistan. But I really wanted to because um, our team manager had been there several times, and he just spoke about what a lovely place it was. The food was great. Just the energy, the, the the crowds, you know, they're still as fanatical as the Indian fans, you know. So we unfortunately only played uh, Pakistan and Dubai and the UAE. And those stadiums were so big and they were always empty, you know, because I don't think the, the fans, they, they don't really have that support. So it was a pity and it is really, it's disappointing to see what's happening now. But, you know, when the hierarchy makes the decisions, then you, you go with it. Sure. Yeah, I think, you know, when you talk about post-World Cup disappointment, you might have to be a little more specific uh, with respect to that one. I mean, you seem to be in a, in a permanent state of uh, of disappointment. But, yeah, the West Indies sounds like a marvellous place to watch cricket. And I guess it's, you know, there was a time in the, where uh, the world was right when the West Indies were on top of, of cricket and then that the axis shifted and then the Australians were on top. And so... It is shifting, and let's hope it shifts back again. I just don't think the sport is is big enough to to accommodate a, a West Indies that is less than the magnificent, entertaining past. And uh, it's interesting you talked about the fun and the food. Uh, one of the characters that many of the listeners to this podcast will remember is a guy called Dave Oxley, who was a media director in the 80s and 90s, finally made it to West Indies once we got back into world cricket. And he... Uh, also had a whole series of disappointments uh, during the uh, the games we played out there, but he he remembered the Gunja ter uh, terraces out <laughs> in the West Indies, and he said the worse the game got, he said for some strange reason he felt supremely relaxed about the entire outcome. So I think maybe Lerati, you're not sharing all the stories about the West Indies. I need I needed some of those Gunja terraces at all those nerve-wracking World Cups that we had to go to. But no, for sure, when the West Indies are winning, I think it's great for this for the game. We can't just have 
the big three playing each other all the time, you know, it just sort of, I mean, how many times has England and India played in the last few years? So it's great for the other nations to also step up and, and to also make the sport competitive. It's, yeah. But the West Indies, I, I definitely need to go back there when I'm not working, for sure. <laughs> yeah, go there in a more relaxed sort of uh, atmosphere. Just be careful on those little paddle boats. I think uh, you could end up, uh, you know, a few rum cocktails, Gordon, on a little paddle boat, you could end up uh, off across the Caribbean Sea in next to that time. Well, not, not, yeah, well, we'll see how that goes. But Lorato, the media manager position, I see, funny enough, I think you just tweeted today, encouraged a whole bunch of people to go and have a look at that. So um, tell us, what what is the media manager? I mean, I've got a really fixed idea of the media manager uh, from the traditional media planning point of view. Um, which is is kind of predictable, but I think media manager there is is a quite a wide compass. Uh, just tell us about what it means to be the media manager at at Cricket SA. Yeah, and I must say it's certainly evolved throughout the years. I mean, we've seen the power of social media and the impact that plays. You know, not only from a mental health point of view, but also from a promotion and an amplification point of view. So. If I would say in a nutshell, it's really you're the middleman between the team and the world, you know, whether it's the journalists, whether it's other sporting federations, whether it's the ICC, you sort of play the media, the middle person in terms of communication, um, facilitating interviews, facilitating shoots and brand shoots for, for the team, really trying to look at avenues to help promote the brand and to, to, to grow that Proteus name. Um, over the years, I mean, you you get a lot more involved, you know, certainly for me, as I went, you know, and I got more senior in the role, you get a lot more involved in, you know, the team sort of um, management, which, you know, you make those decisions about, you know, what, where the team is going, how we can look to improve in certain things. And as you also go, the players start coming to you in terms of advice, you know, you know, looking for PR, looking for brand, you know, social media advice, you know, you have to do a lot of media training, I saw there, you know, no comment is never an, an, an option. So, you know, you do a lot of media training to make sure that the players are comfortable when they're talking to the media and also are able to represent themselves in the best way, you know. You don't want the same old stock standard cliche um, answers. So, um, yeah, it's a very um, dynamic role, you know. You never know what's going to come the next day. Crisis management is also obviously a very big one. Um, trying to make sure that, you know, you've got your communication strategy ready for when a crisis has come. And for any other, um, any other way to really just take cricket to the world, so all South African cricket, if I can put it no, in a nutshell. The training is of, of, of people in crisis communication, I think, is, is something that's really important. And, and, and you marvel very often looking at some of these top stars. Doc, we, we've talked about it quite a bit, you know, tennis stars, who just clearly haven't been equipped to handle that kind of pressure and they're getting younger and younger. I mean, uh, there was a glorious, sorry, I digress here this morning, but I've been following the events in Melbourne, okay? So it's, it's been a hectic weekend there, but they had the chief of police from Melbourne on this morning. He's just arrested 63 people for uh, not wearing a mask, uh, you know, during a, an illegal public march. Um, so having arrested them for not wearing a mask, he proceeded to tell the ABC news feed 
uh, audience that uh, they were a bunch of cowards for failing to reveal their identity. And I said, well, hang on, you've just arrested them for not wearing a mask. So it's that kind of confusion, I think. Don't we have to avoid the, either the collapse of logic and love? Otherwise, we're going to end up eating Smarties for breakfast. We can't have that kind of thing. <laughs> it's amazing sometimes how... Uh... You know, things do get in the way of common sense and the old cliche, you know, sometimes common sense is not that common. But I mean, just interestingly, you know, uh, Lorata, I did see you made that comment uh, that no comment isn't isn't really the answer. And then Gordon just sent me something a little bit earlier. Uh, he took a screenshot from CSA's website uh, or one of the social feeds, Gordon, and everything was no comment. <laughs> It's extraordinary, the entire page. And these are, I mean, you know, you'd think, yeah. Even the winds, you know, sometimes, you know, you get into a situation and, and I mean, we've all read the press and we've seen that the challenges at, at CSA today. And I don't want to go down that road. And, and I wish they get out of it and they, and they come out and there's healing and reconciliation and all the stuff that has to happen that should have happened and whether it did happen or didn't happen, I don't know. Anyway, the long and the short of it is the 11 guys in the park must play cricket and they must try to beat the other guys. That's what that's the outcome. But there's a lot of work that has to happen. But um, sometimes when you're in a difficult situation, the, no comment is, is sometimes the answer. It gives you time to think, okay? But when you're winning and there's, there's congratulations, to, then you, you surely should say, even if it is a standard answer, yeah, the, the, the bat is batted well and the bowl is bowled well. Yeah. <laughs> That front page astounded me. I mean, you would, the, our, our lady cricketers have just had a glorious trip talking about the West Indies, a, a really super convincing series win, four games to one. Um, you would have thought your commenting would have been, please comment here, for goodness sakes. I mean, they just churned out a magnificent series of games. And, uh, yeah, it, it was just a weird prophecy, you know, <laughs> no comments thing of yours. Uh, yeah, anyway. Um it is, yeah, and I, and I guess the writer, you make the point there, you know, that sometimes, you know, we've, you know, through, through not only our podcast, but I guess our professional career, have worked with a whole lot of different sporting codes, and you expect the administration to be as professional as the people on the park. You know, we get bitterly disappointed if someone misses a kick or they, they hit the ball long or whatever the case may be, but it's often the back end where the thing fails, and I'm sometimes, without being too, uh, too negative about it, sometimes quite surprised we actually get you know, people on the park or get people to the Olympics, given sometimes the shambles of the back end. Enough of that. The Rota, that was cricket South Africa, and we can chat much more. It's exciting. We, we, we need on. two more podcasts for that, eh? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, and, and, you know, sometimes, I guess, as, as South Africans, uh, you, you get down a rabbit hole of, of speaking about sport or what you want to, you know, your passion. Because we're passionate. You know, we love our sport, and, you know, we're such a proudly, yeah. you know, Proud sporting nation. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. I, think, I think that's the point. Yeah, it is and, and and sponsors want to to buy into that positive narrative. And we come back to the marketing side of it. I mean, you know, we I, I happen to just sit through brand finance uh, report on they call it gift. It's their annual sort of survey of intangible brand value. And I mean the intangible brand value of a winning side versus a losing side like Barcelona, can, what, what have they lost on the balance sheet through the intangible value of winning and losing? And I think, I think that's something which we, we, we have to understand. That passion translates into expectation and that expectation creates value. And when that expectation is, is not rewarded, then the value suffers for everybody and not least of all the players who are trying to earn a decent living. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's, you can almost, almost look at it twofold, you know, when you look at brands and you look at players, you know, a lot of them are more than just what they do on the field. And if you can tap into that side of them, it almost, it's a win-win whether you're winning or losing because a lot of people will always resonate with your story, you know, like a Sia Kulisi, you know, he, people, as much as he's a spring or captain, you know, it's the story and where he's come from and what he's overcome, you know, that's got him in there. Cheslin as well, you know, against all odds. Um, it's those things that you should try and harness a lot more to make sure that, you know, that brand equity to say is, is um, doesn't always get affected by results. You're listening to The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media. Yeah. And speaking of brand equity as well, I did happen to notice, I know we're going to, we're going to talk a little more open-endedly now that the domestic T20, I think, is due to start, if I'm not mistaken, this, this weekend. And you know, I'm trying to, to psych myself into it. I'm trying to get myself you know, motivated into the thing. Um, T20 in and of itself is not my favorite for it, but that's fine. I, I've got to learn to catch the way. But the names are massively confusing, talking about logic. So, I mean, we've got the Mpumalonga Rhinos, not to be confused with the Pumas, which was the side, that's the rugby side. You've got the Eastern Storm, Doc. I think that might be your part of the world, not to be confused with the Stormers, which is, in fact, a rugby team. Um, we've got the Hollywood that's Dolphins, okay, so the Dolphins have been the same and consistent. That's cool. We've also got the Hollywood bet. Tuskers, now I have no idea. As far as I'm concerned, Tuskers come from Kenya because I think that's the Kenyan seven side. And the one which I, I, I did quite enjoy was the, the Northwest Dragons, wherever they, they may come from. I had a look at their Twitter following. They've got 500 followers, and they themselves follow 204 people. I would have thought it would be a, just as a courtesy Follow your followers. I mean, that's gonna that's gonna increase your fan base, you know, and, and reward the five hundred people that are following you. So, I, I'm just confused about who's gonna play. But here's the exciting part: I see the South African under nineteen side is in there, and that's the first sign of logic to me, which shows that we're investing back in young players. We need that investment in young players. It's really crucial. So, I'm now officially going to be supporting the SA under nineteen side and the the domestic. T20 cricket. I think that's a fantastic development. So well done, Cricket SA, for that innovation. Let's have more of that. Yeah, I think, you know, the, the bottom line, names aside, is just trying to get some cricket back on. You know, it's been a tough time, especially for the the lower leagues and the lower divisions world that they fares now. And any form of cricket, it is the most important feeder system for the pro tiers and, you know, the more talent that can be exposed to, you know, professional top-level cricket, the better. No, and you can see that the sevens. I mean, the sevens have been creating that for rugby. You know, there's there's a feeder system there. Um, and again, they did very well in Vancouver. Um, they're about 20 kilograms short per player for the big league. But but nevertheless, you know, it, it's again, win or lose. If you get a sense of investment in the young talent, Kaiser Chiefs going to start investing in young players. I can accept a season or two of losses if I see the young talent. And I think if there's an upside in the pro tiers, I'm seeing young players coming in as well, which I think is good news. So I'm, I'm always going to bite the bullet if I know there's a long a long play in it. So well done. Let's have more young players. I'm sorry for the old guys. We all get out about the cherry, not least of all me, but 
let's let's put the young guys and and give them a go. Yeah, absolutely. Gordon, help me. Guess, you know, with the the new system of of more teams playing, it's exactly that, Lerota. It's to give guys a chance to get their colours of their particular province, as opposed to the old franchise system. Again, I think you know, from a viewership, hopefully, people grow in and start adopting their team and 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 learn to love it because we've had the franchise system for a while. So hopefully, you know, that does go well because, as you say, you do need a little bit of good news. Uh, and not just CSA, but across the board. Lerata, enough CSA stuff. As I, as I said, let's get on to today. Today, you've started you know, your own business. You're a, a PR and communications consultant. And uh, you've also teamed up in doing some work with, with Rock Nation Sports. And you know they've made a big splash with the investment in the Sharks and, and then some of the marquee players that they've taken. So let's talk about your current chapter. What are you doing? Uh, and, and then some of the lessons that you perhaps have taken from CSA into your current business? Uh, what am I doing? Making it up as I go. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> no, um, it's, it's been an incredible journey for the last sort of 18 months, you know, resigning and, and, and taking that jump wasn't easy, but I felt it was the right time. Um, and then obviously as soon as I did it, COVID hit, so that was perfect timing. But um, yeah, I think for me, you know, working in the sports industry and, and being exposed to a lot of the way things work abroad and seeing how things in South Africa work, I always knew that I was going to stay here. So I do a lot of PR and communications consulting in the sports space. Um, I think, you know, especially our athletes, our athletes really need a lot more assistance and guidance in terms of branding themselves, in terms of thinking outside the box, because they do have a short playing span you know and you need to maximize as much as you can when you're doing that but other than that I also love working with campaigns um you know launching those getting them out there you know making a splash I think my passion for me is is you know working on a project that's unknown you literally nobody knows about it and you know you get to be work behind the scenes with the big team and get it out there and then to see it grow and to see it get legs and to see it you know making an impact in our sporting environment. So those are probably my big passion points. Um, I've been very fortunate to work with, you know, you mentioned Rock Nation, but, you know, Match Kit, I don't know if you've heard of Match Kit. Um, it's a web-based app that, you know, really looks at helping athletes um, monetize their brands. And also with Super Sports Schools, which is also another OTT platform. I mean, OTT, we know is the future. So yeah, it's been, it's been a great ride. Yeah, we, we, we did cover those the, those two initiatives, I think, on an earlier podcast, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, I think it, I think it's wonderful. Uh, and, yeah, I, I guess it's a balance between um, maximizing the commercial value of, of the athlete uh, and, but also their leadership uh, contribution. I think we, we all need inspiration. I mean, in Tango Mashlangu uh, at the Tokyo Olympics, for me, it's just – you know, I'm never going to grumble again about sore knees or I'm too tired to actually get off my bum and go and do something. I think that that's high inspiration. And I hope that, you know, we and, and I'm sure that's been played out on cricket fields and baseball parks and in gyms and in swimming pools all over the country. I just, I hope that there's a balanced uh, approach from, from sponsors beyond just, you know, the big audiences. We know the big audiences were the week before at Tokyo, but if I watch anything again, it's got to be that 200 meters. Uh, I mean, the hard jump, uh, yeah, the long jump was was great, 
but the 200 meters was just glorious. So, yeah, I think any initiative which is going to empower our athletes and, and give us the kind of inspiration we need is sure going to get my support, that's for sure, both as a viewer and uh, as some of you who would be recommending to marketers to, to engage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Imagine all that work that has he's put in over the years, and some some of I mean he probably doesn't even have a lot of commercial partners, and he's you know the world's best. So it's we have a long way to go, and I've actually seen you know, with the Rock Nation way and the way that you know the Americans come in and have their thinking, they really value the their athletes, and their their big big mission is making sure brands understand and value those athletes. It's it's been incredible to see the change of mindset when you go into a meeting with a brand it was like, mm, but then you push and you push and then they end up going for that. And you realize actually they've got the budget. They could, they, they could, you know, they'd be willing to pay that, but because they're still seeing athletes in a certain way, you know, there's not much appreciation in, in SA to be honest. Yeah, it's a, it's a challenging one, you know, Lorata. And also, you know, as a consultant, and I, I don't know, you know, your, your style and your consulting style, but I mean, so I'm sometimes caught and torn, Gordon, between two things. One, I want to almost rush to what I think is the answer and say to the brand, try this. But on another way, I try to hold back and not always necessarily give people my particular view it may be right it may be wrong but I, but sometimes you know you get to a stage where you just don't want to leave value on the table you know you can see this product and that athlete in your head it's such a clear match and so that's the challenge of trying to build a relationship as, as a consultant now working with brands that they can trust you that you're going to give them good advice because you can see both sides not you're not necessarily smarter than the CMO or the brand manager. They've got a different discipline. And I think that's part of the challenge is to try and do the absolute best for um, for both parties. Just talking, well, touching on that, I see Kahisa Robada has started his own agency. Uh, and that's great that, you know, as a, as a young cricketer, as a guy still on the top of his game, he's realized that in the height of his success is to start. And it's that, you know, Gordon, you and I spoke about reinvention a, a week or two ago. You know, you must reinvent while you're on the app. And it's, it's not because you just want to bowl and you don't want to get hurt when you're on the app and you want to rest and rehab and physio. And, and it's great for him. So, Lorotta, have you spoken with him lately about that? Yeah, I've actually, a few months ago, I spoke to him about it, but he, he didn't give too much. But I mean, Takiso has always been one of those guys who's always placed a heavy focus on things off the field because I guess he understands, you know, the life, the, the, the career span is limited and, you know, whether that's investing. And he was also one of those guys who reads a lot. He loves to consume and consume information. I mean, you'll be sitting in a, in a cricket match and you'll be reading Sapiens. It's like, you know, it's a thick book. Hey, yeah. I don't know if you guys have read it. And you're thinking, this guy, he's about to go and, you know, go and take a career best or, you know, yeah. going against the best batsman in the world. And here he is reading Sapiens. So, yeah, I'm very happy for him. And I also, you know, a lot of cricketers and sportsmen and women around the world really should, you know, it's easy to put everything on a like you know pause while you 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 participating but you do need to plan for the future yeah. I, I i'm a former front row forward there wasn't a lot of reading going on uh, in the change room I, I, uh, but we recognize you know fast bowlers and cricket are a slightly different breed so well done i'm, I'm, I'm impressed but I, I can't see a big adoption in the front row for that that principle of of preparation 
you just probably wondering when your next meal time is. Eh? <laughs> you see that there. You see that's the deep understanding of the player and the empathy that one that perhaps never got from coaches back in the day. It's all about the next meal. Quite right. Yes. <laughs> And you know, Lerato, probably Gordon's time. I mean, you know, you'd look at your, your pre and post match meal. I mean, you'd probably go out for a steak and chips and, uh, you know, maybe a Coke before the game. And then after you'd certainly come in and there's a case of beers in the middle of the locker room. You know, now it's obviously a whole different ball game. Oh, <laughs> well, if you, if yeah. you remember, when George Foreman made his comeback, um, he was he was obviously in the news. I think he made a comeback at the age of 40 something and boxed until he was almost 50. And they asked him what the seek. The secret of his comeback success was, and he said he got himself a hamburger punch, and they didn't quite grasp the training uh, logic behind that. And he said, "No, every time you know, I feel like punching somebody, I just go out and get myself a hamburger and put on another couple of pounds." So that was his hamburger punch: just eat a hamburger, then punch somebody. So his training lacked but there was a glorious front row logic to it all. Yeah. So that's the true story: George Foreman hamburger punch. That's the key. Of course, you can't punch anybody in a rugby field these days, Doc. It's very distressing. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't play well in this era, Gordon. Uh, you know, too many cameras. Uh, no, uh, it's not. Too many, uh, too many things. Lorato, just back to you, um, a more serious side, and that is um, lessons for other people out there. You know, we like to we like to talk about uh, sharing, and we like to talk about application and real application of of how you've moved. So I guess you were saying, you know, you started it within uh, the, the, the unfortunate time of COVID. And so what are some of the things you were talking about, your international lessons that you've learned from, uh, you know, from your cricket exposure? Anything else that you can take that you brought in and advice for young people? I want to say young girls, but young guys as well that uh, want to make a path for themselves specifically in the entrepreneurial space. Yeah, for sure. I think the one big thing that, comes out for me is shoot your shot. Uh, it's, 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 I was very nervous approaching people, you know, cold calling, cold emailing. And, you know, it was something I was always intimidated about because I'm thinking, oh, you know, I'm probably, um, you know, interrupting them. I'm becoming a nuisance. But, you know, that landed me a few of my really big projects and some projects that I'm still working with today. So, for me, that, that's the one thing that came out for me from being a young entrepreneur starting. Probably the second big thing is, you know, making sure that you are consuming as much information as you can, best practice, how other brands are doing it in your field or in your area of expertise. I think you can never stop learning. And I mean, also now we're blessed because there's so many podcasts, there's so many so there's so much reading material that probably wasn't there before. And, you know, you don't learn any, I mean, you don't lose anything by, you know, consume all of, consuming all of that to keep the mind fresh and to keep, you know, the ideas fresh too. So those would probably be my two biggest, um, I would say, tools that I carry with me in my career. Just moving back to the beginning uh, of, of the, your career and the podcast for, for that matter, I mean, we started off and we didn't really prove it that, you know, you wanted to be a sports journalist, which I think is a really intriguing um, kind of point of entry. Um, what what were the triggers that, you know, that you, know, you, didn't want to be, you didn't want to be the person who won Wimbledon or did you give up on Wimbledon and decide you wanted to write about Wimbledon? I, just, I think it's a wonderful <laughs> point of entry. You haven't explored it. 
That's interesting. It's an interesting question because I did play a lot of sports um, in high school. You know, cricket, the women's cricket. I even played for Limpopo women and, and hockey too. Um, but then, I don't know, I guess back then women's sport wasn't really, you know, given the time of day. And I think if I told my parents, listen, I want to go play cricket, <laughs> it wouldn't have gone down. Well. But I had a, a brother who played cricket and that's where my love for cricket started. So I figured, you know, I'd get the best of, best of both worlds by, you know, I loved writing. I enjoyed, you know, my words and, you know, putting that into, into something for the reader and then, you know, get the sports involved as well because, you yeah, know, I love watching that too. So I decided to merge the two. And, and then, then at the end of the day, I think I got the, the best combination. I think that's a wonderful encouragement to to young people out there because no one, I mean, I, I played a bit of sport as a youngster. I like was kind of there or thereabouts, never really big enough to to take it to the next level. But nobody really kind of explained to me that I, I could have embraced my passion via another route, which which I think is, is sad that there was no concept at that time. But I'm going to put you on the spot, Narati. So Limpopo, cricketer. What is the name of the Limpopo T20 side for the domestic cricket? <laughs> Limpopo Impalas, yeah, right? Well no? done. The doctor's his <laughs> eyes is glazed over. Limpopo Impalas, well done. So, okay, so I have to actually brush up on these things and learn it. <laughs> uh, you've impressed me and you've embarrassed me because I didn't know that. There were still Limpopo Impalas when I played, so good, kudos to them. They've kept the okay. name going. All right. I cheated a bit. <laughs> <laughs> you're the captain of the what we what was your lot down there? The the storm, Eastern Storm. That is that's so, a storm these days. I, I think so. I think so. Do I, 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 unless you're the six yeah. six yeah. grill southwest districts, but I don't think that's you. You don't remember like six can grill man to me. That takes uh, <laughs> by the time you've said that the guys put down two balls already and you've missed the first exactly. two seven meetings. You're trying to get the sponsors' names out. Anyway, Gordon, enough uh, Lorata, just as we're moving towards the end, and I mean geez, we've had fun, we could chat for a lot longer. Just if people want to get a hold of you, if they want to chat with you, if there's a prospective client who wants to engage with you on your services, a young person for advice, what's the best way to get hold of you? And are you on any social platforms? Yes, I am. Um, um, I'm on Twitter. It's Lerato Malikutu, my surname. Same as Instagram, same as Facebook, same as LinkedIn. So <laughs> that's where I'm at. Well, that's great. And again, you know, as we always encourage our listeners is to be, please be part of the conversation. You know, it's no use just having a fun chat for 30, 35 minutes. Uh, get a hold of Lerato, be part of it, ask her questions. Please, yeah. And also, if you're a, a client out there and you want to chat sponsorship, you want to chat communication, you want to maybe get hold of a sports person, you don't know how, you know, this is just one of those platforms to reach out. Uh, you know, she's given you her, her, her different places to get hold of us. So, Lerato, from our side, I'm going to leave Gordon to close out today, but thanks very much for your time. We really appreciate it. Uh, it's wonderful chatting with you and, and good luck, you know. I wish you only the best for this next chapter of, of your career. Thank you so much for the platform and the support. I think, you know, for us as an industry, the the, the, the work that you guys are doing is, is incredible because, you know, all that people want is a platform and an opportunity and you're really doing that. So kudos to you. And I can't wait to see who the 100th episode is worth. No Don't pressure. We're just, we're just playing straight now. <laughs> Don't yes, say it out, Leave it out there. We, we did right. in a hundred 
we got dropped once. So that was my fault for, for not pushing the record button. So we, we were dropped, I think, when we were on five. Um, but we got away with it. And, uh, oh, wow. Just to wrap up as well, um, Lorata, thank you. It's really inspirational. Um, it's Heritage Week. Uh, we're going into Heritage. And I think you mentioned it right up front. You talked about we and we are passionate about our sport. And let's just hope that... Uh, you know, that we can get sport back center stage where we can start looking at sport and using we and us, not they and them. I think it's a wonderful platform. So in that spirit, uh, last comment, the closing rights are going to go to you on this show. In the spirit of Heritage Week and in the, you know, your 140 characters or 280 now on Twitter, one positive statement to young sports people out there, whether they want to play sport or they want to get involved in sport, what's your message to them in Heritage Week? me for somebody who a young girl in Limpopo middle of nowhere and you know being able to reach this dream it's for me sometimes I still pinch myself and I always think that if you've got the dream you know just really believe it yourself first and also don't let anybody tell you that you can't I think you know we're at a point where there are resources there are people that you can reach out to there's no reason why you cannot achieve the dream that you want. So I really hope all South Africans, you know, we're one of those countries that, you know, we ebb and flow in terms of our unity. <laughs> and I just hope, you know, as South Africans, we can also just come together and support one another. You know, we're going through a difficult time. We're all going through, you know, some people are going through the most that we don't even know about. And the true South African nature is us supporting each other, lifting each other. So I hope, you know, that's how we continue to live life. But yeah, go for your dreams. I really think anything is possible. The sky is not the limit, you know, so that would be my parting shot. I'd be there. So to all our listeners out there, guys, the sky's the limit. Go for your dreams. Thanks for joining us on this week's Doc and Guru podcast. Ciao for now. And so that was another episode of the Doc and the Guru. Please don't uh, forget to get a hold of us on Facebook. Like us, follow us. Uh, subscribe to the podcast and then from my side you can get a hold of me on LinkedIn Dr. Doug Mataz I'm uh, very active and very keen to hear about your views uh, and certainly will respond and hopefully we can bring that into the show Thanks Doc and it's uh, Gordon Miller the Guru signing off thank you for being with us and listening into this podcast today you can pick up the discussion with me on my Twitter handle at Mzanzi Media And I'd love to engage with you on any of the issues that we've taken on the show. And take us at our word. This is really going to be an open forum. There are no subjects that are taboo. And we'd love to have some of the younger, more under-listened, if that's the correct phrase, uh, voices to join us uh, in this discussion. Thanks for your time. The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry.